are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day you're listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show. It's a winter meeting, so we gotta start off the show by talking about the hot stove, talking about rumors, see who the D-backs are linked to, and it's never anyone, so we're always talking about other teams' rumors. Unfortunately, I'm hoping the D-backs finally do some news. I'm not asking the D-backs to sign someone. Just give me someone you're linked to at the very least, a rumor. Just tell me somebody that you guys are interested in. So we'll talk about the hot stove uh, to start segment one. And then for segment number two today, MLB.com writer Steve Gilbert, who does a great job. He's the MLB.com's beat reporter for the D-backs, and he does a great job covering the team. And he did this uh, pretty interesting article the five biggest moves in D-backs franchise history during the winter meeting. So we're going to start with number five today and just count our way down through each big one throughout the rest of the week as the winter meetings are going on. So we're going to start with number four and five today. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll read to the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockedOnDiamondbacks for the Twitter and Instagram handle of the podcast account, the podcast handle, at LockedOnDiamondbacks. A little bit confusing there, but let's get into this hot stove talk because finally, we the baseball's picking up just a little bit. We finally got some news out here in baseball land. Finally, during free agency, it seems like teams are going to get more aggressive now. It's the winter meetings. You got, you know, it's on Zoom, of course, and it's a pretty big event at one centralized location. It was supposed to be in Dallas, but unfortunately, it didn't happen, of course, the pandemic. But still, the winter meetings are going on virtually and things are heating up. So we actually have some news that we can even talk about. And if you guys missed it last night. Lance Lynn was traded to the Chicago White Sox, a huge move for the White Sox, who now really bolster their rotation because Lance Lynn was one of the best uh, free, not free agents, but one of the best trade candidates on the market. Uh, It was pretty well known that 
uh, Lance Lynn was available. The Rangers made him available. I mean, the Rangers are a team that's not really going anywhere right now. And he's a guy in his mid-30s that wants to win probably. And he wants to be on a team that's contending. So they helped out Lance Lynn. And they got a couple of younger pitchers back. They got back Dane Dooning, who's only 25 years old. Was a rookie this past season, 2020. Was solid 3-9-70 array. Still need, you know, the book and the jury still out on him. I don't know what book, but the jury's still out. Out on him and then they also got Avery Weems just another young pitcher uh who's only 22 years old but his numbers are pretty phenomenal just based off the minor leagues uh, he's only spent one season so far in the minor leagues of course there's no minor leagues in 2020 but in 2019 he was pretty good and uh he he had a 209 ERA in 2019 across two teams in the minor leagues and this was a guy he's an Arizona bred kid he went to the University of Arizona he's down there in Tucson born in Flagstaff AZ so maybe this guy should have been a diamondback and I'm a Sun Devil kind of guy so screw the Wildcats but still an Arizona guy so they got back two young stud pitchers that we still don't know a ton about but they seem to have the makeup to be you know pretty good projected you know, pitchers on the next level, whether they're starters or relievers, we don't know yet, but they seem to at least have uh, the potential to have a long career on the major league level. But for the White Sox, you get back uh, Lance Lynn to really help out your rotation. That was pretty solid last year, honestly. I mean, you had Lucas Giolito, who's still very young, going to be 26 years old. He was pretty good in 2020. Dallas, Dallas Keuchel was really good in 2020 a lot better than i think people even realize but he might be a free agent uh i'm not entirely sure let me google dallas keiko real quick because he was pretty good uh for the white Sox this whole year he was basically like their number two number three starter and i think people were surprised nope dallas keiko's on a major deal actually he signed as a free agent in 2019 and he's making uh 18 million dollars a year so yeah he he needed to have a good year and he delivered got dylan cease who had a solid year. He's still pretty young. And now you're going to add Lance Lynn into that mix. So he's probably going to be your number one. You got Giolito following him. Then Dallas Keuchel, Dylan Cease. That's a pretty nasty top four in your rotation. So for the White Sox, that helps them out a lot. But they weren't done making moves. If you guys didn't see, they also made uh, a signing. They didn't do a trade. They had a signing this morning. And they went out there and they reunited themselves with a former player that they already used to have on their roster. And that is Adam Eaton. And he wasn't on their roster this season, but he enjoyed some of his best seasons as a professional baseball player with the White Sox. From 2014 to 2016, he played with the White Sox and he was great. Spent the last couple, last three seasons with the Nationals. He was solid in 2018 and 2019, but it wasn't too good in 2020. And a lot of people don't love this move. They think Adam Eaton's on the wrong side of 30. He's been on the decline for three straight years now. And the Locked On Dodgers guy, Jeff Snyder, doesn't even think Adam Eaton's really a starter anymore. So we'll see what that move, uh, you know, ends up being for the White Sox we'll see how it ends up turning out because uh, people aren't in love with that move and I get it the the White Sox outfield is not you know phenomenal I mean Eloy Jimenez was pretty good and he was pretty young and he was really good this past season 2020 um Luis Robert he you know that's could be a place where you you see Adam Ian as an upgrade 
Robert Elias looks like a guy that could be 2020 potential, but who knows when it comes to uh, his OBP and just hitting for average. And then Nomar Mazar was their right fielder, but he was non-tendered. So I assume that's where Adam Ian's going to slide into their corner outfield spot. So good good move for the White Sox, I guess. Hopefully he's still uh, got enough juice left in the tank. He's still only 32 years old, so you expect Ian to still be a guy that can contribute on the big league level, you know, could still be an everyday starter. But there are some guys that were ripping that move, so we'll see how it ends up for the White Sox. And then the last big move of the day came via the Kansas City Royals. They went out there and they signed Carlos Santana. And that was a move that honestly shocked me because I didn't think Carlos Santana would go to a team like the Royals, who, you know, let's be honest, they are not really a team that you consider in contention. They're not really a team that you think is really trying to make any noise or really trying to make you know, a serious run at the World Series next year. Maybe they're just trying to be competitive. And who knows? Maybe they have a lot more talent on their roster than what I'm giving them credit for. But they don't necessarily have a lineup that scares me. I mean, I'm just looking at their lineup right now. I like Hunter Dozier on that team. Salvador Perez is a stud. But, you know, this team doesn't scare you. And Carlos Santana should help them out a lot offensively, especially if he could be your everyday DH. And he was an all-star for the first time in 2019, so you can at least say he's moving in the right direction. He had a pretty good 2019. His 2020 was pretty bad, but you could blame the 60 games if you want. Maybe you think if you give him a full season, he bounces back and his numbers are a lot better than what they were in 2020 because... He only batted 199, which is awful, but his OBP was 350, so he still got on base because he did lead, if you could believe this, he led the American League in walks with 47, so he knows how to get on base even though he couldn't hit for, you know, doo-doo last year, but still, eight home runs, he's got the pop, he can get on base via the walk, he's got a smart approach at the plate, so I like the move for the Royals, and We'll, we'll see what else they want to do to see how, you know, we'll, we'll see if the Royals are serious at being contenders in 2021 or if they just want to make their team competitive for now and continue to build toward the future. But there are some other rumors out there that uh, are circulating right now. The Mets might be in on both Trevor Bauer and George Springer. That would be huge for them. And, you know, there's some rumblings about some other teams. It, it looks like uh, the Blue Jays might go after that Japanese pitcher that was just posted. Uh, the Or not pitcher, the shortstop, the KBO shortstop. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but he's, you know, supposed to be a pretty big time international prospect. So the Blue Jays might go after him. We'll see with the Yankees. They might be outbid for DJ LeMayu. It looks like Sony Gray, Sonny Gray, Sony Gray might be traded too uh, from the Reds. That seems to be like the next pitcher to be on the move through trade. So a lot of things circulating, a lot of rumors right now at these winter meetings. Maybe JBJ goes back to Boston, Jackie Bradley Jr. Blue Jays seem to be like big spenders in free agency right now. They seem to be linked to a lot of guys. We know the Mets are going to be linked to a lot of guys. They're going to be willing to spend some money. So Blue Jays, Mets are probably the two biggest guys in free agency right now. Got the White Sox making moves. Even the Royals are making moves. So for me, I'll be happy if the D-backs just get linked to somebody. They don't need to make a move. They don't even need to sign someone. But 
please just give me a rumor, something to talk about that's about the D-backs and not about these other teams and free agency making moves. I want to talk about the Diamondbacks being linked to a guy and potentially making a move. Now coming up, we're going to look at the five biggest moves during the winter meetings in Diamondbacks franchise history. But first... Let's get back into it and let me close some of these tabs on my laptop so I better know what I want to talk about because we're going to look at the five biggest moves in Diamondbacks history starting with number five and number four. We'll do number three tomorrow, number two on Thursday, and then we'll finish the week with number one. But so far, let me pull up number five on here for you guys. All right, I got it right here. Let's start it off. Via Steve Gilbert, beat writer for MLB.com, following the D-backs. And let's start with number five. D-backs swap salaries with San Diego, December 9th, 2014. And you guys are going to know this one. D-backs officially announced the signing of Yasmani Tomas. Six years, $68.5 million. And they traded Miguel Montero to the Cubs for Zach Godley and Jefferson Mejia to make the money work. Now, at the time, this was a record contract for the franchise, for the D-backs, for a player, you know, out of the international market because, of course, they had that Zach Granke signing. But for a guy internationally, this was the biggest one in franchise history. And to make the money work, they had to move Miguel Montero over to the Cubs. But as we all know, Yasmani Tomas didn't end up being the guy that we all hoped and expected him to be. He played sparingly in 2015. Uh, maybe not sparingly. He played 118 games and he showed some flashes. His OBP was pretty low. OPS was only 707, but 273 average, 110 strikeouts. You would have liked him to work on that. Showed some pop, nine home runs. But 2016, you know, he was very serviceable, probably awful as a defender. But they had the D- if they had the DH back then, Omas would have been perfect. He had a 272 batting average, 313 OBP, 820 OPS. You could live with all those numbers. 31 bombs, 83 ribbies. It makes no sense why I think uh, why Tomas didn't get another chance. I know defensively he was not good in the outfield, but I feel like there was a way to make him work as a corner outfielder, maybe as a corner infielder. I feel like the Tomas experiment could have worked. Uh, could have worked considering he was a 30 home run guy with a lot of pop in the next season. In just uh, 47 games, he did hit eight home runs with a 758 OPS. So his OPP wasn't good, but he still had that slugging to make it serviceable. And he never really got a shot again in the big leagues after 2017. He played in four games in 2019, but still... For a guy you paid $60.5 million to, I'm sure the D-backs fans right now are happy that he's finally a free agent and he's finally off the books. Just like Rusni Castillo of the Red Sox, another big-time guy from those international waters that the D-backs, or excuse me, not the D-backs, that the Red Sox are, was going to be a big hit after you know one season on the Major League. They said, let's just send you to the minors and just pay your salary. And that's kind of what the D-backs did with Yasmin Tomas. They had him on the roster. 
roster. They would send him down to AAA, and they would just pay him and never play him. And that's where they ended up being with. Uh, that, that's the spot that they ended up in with Yasmani Tomas, just paying him and not playing him. You see that a lot in sports. Sometimes guys get amnesty. I mean, the Lakers are still paying Luol Deng. I mean, you don't even have to go as far as the Lakers if you want to stay within baseball. Look at the Mets. They're still paying Bobby Bonilla. So we know teams do this where they'll have a guy still under contract but not play them. Hey, maybe not even have them on the team, on the roster, but still have them on the books. And the D-backs, not only was Tomas such a bad signing and he just never worked out with the team, but Miguel Montero was, you know, a beloved player here in Arizona. He spent from age 22 to age 30, he spent here with the D-backs, uh, made two all-star teams, and was an all-star the last year he was with the D-backs, that 2014 season, right before he got traded. He had 13 home runs. He was a very good catcher for the D-backs. You know? he, he did a lot for this team, and I don't think it was a bad move to trade him necessarily. He fell off pretty quickly. He had one more good year with the Cubs, and then he fell off pretty quickly after that. So in terms of trading away Miguel Montero, it wasn't too bad. And you also got back Zach Godley in the trade when you traded away Montero. You got Zach Godley back, and he was a pretty up-and-down player to say the least. But at least half the time in Arizona, he was pretty effective. That first season, he was effective in 2015. And in 2017, he was pretty effective as well as a starter. 3-3-7 ERA, 155 innings pitch. He, he was solid. In 2018, he was not good. Led the league in hit-by-pitch and hitting batters, I'd say. Led the league in that. And also led the league in wild pitches with 12 and 17, respectively. So, Godley was up and down. Montero was definitely over the hill. But considering the guy you signed wasn't good, I'm going to say this whole deal was a wash. You didn't really give up a lot to sign Montero. I mean, you didn't give up a lot. To sign Yasmani Tomas, I don't think Mon giving up Montero was a huge loss for the D-backs, but you never really got any value back either by giving up Montero. Tomas didn't work out, and Zach Godley was just up and down and very inconsistent, so I'm going to just call that deal a wash. Now, I was going to do number four of Steve Gilbert's five biggest moves in Diamondbacks franchise history during the winter meetings, but... I don't think we have enough time to do that today, so we're going to save it for tomorrow. And maybe we'll do one and two on Friday and end the week with those two, considering there'll be no more winter meetings. But thank you to everyone who tuned into this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. I hope the D-backs make some moves. I hope they give me something to talk about. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, and do me a favor. Go subscribe to the Locked on MLB podcast, the official podcast of the Locked on MLB network, hosted by my friend Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Uh, you, could great, you can find great news and coverage and insight covering all major league teams there. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockedOnDiamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy, y'all. Deuces!